I'm doing okay. Uh, this time, um, I'm alive, so that means a lot. Mm, definitely, you've been keeping in touch with friends and family during this time. Yes, mainly mainly my mom. Um, she's in Florida right now, so I I haven't had much of an opportunity to go visit her. I think I'll I'll go take a drive, a long drive, because um, I don't want to compromise anything um, flying there. But yeah, mainly talking to her and close friends from back home and friends here. Everyone seems to be okay. Your mom's in Florida and you got friends back home. Are you, You're from Florida, right? From Florida, West Palm Beach. All right. Can you tell me what growing up there was like? Growing up there, I'd say, like, unlike Miami, I have a difficult time, like, defining the culture of West Palm and, and the rest of Florida. Um, but in, there are different types of people um, from different walks of life. Like Baltimore, there are areas for, like, rich people, you know, areas for the poor, predominantly white schools, predominantly um, black schools. I was fortunate enough to, fortunate enough to attend, like, our Art Manitz, like, from middle school to high school there. Um, as far as family, it's pretty small, like, close-knit group of people, um, mainly on my mom's side. I, I grew in a single parent household, only child. So it's me and my mom, you know, against the world. So, um, yeah, friends, friends in school that I still keep in touch with that I've known since, since elementary. And, uh, we still contact each other a lot. So I try to go down to Florida like maybe twice, twice a year. I like to go more, but that's, that's how it's been for a bit. A question that I have, I have an idea in my head of Florida, and I'm wondering if this is true or not, because I also have some family down there as well. In West Palm Beach, or I guess I feel like in parts of Florida in general, it's less of black and white and more white and brown. Is that true? Yeah. Miami, there is a higher community of Latinx population, but as far as the rest, it is, yeah, as far as that being white and brown, I'd say like, yeah, bl black and white and having these like, um, these distinctions between different communities, um, in comparison to Baltimore, those, those like pr this pride in like these cultural or, uh, these distinctions in between the like, different neighborhoods is, is less clear or less apparent. Um, so I feel like things begin to blend and more like a, a broader, a broader scope of like black and brown people. And then you have predominantly white neighborhoods. I've also seen out in Florida, there's a pretty big art scene down there. Obviously art Basel is in Miami. I don't know if that's the only one, um, but I know that, the big one, if there is more than one, is in Miami. When did you get started with art? How were you exposed to it growing up in, in West Palm Beach? And did your mom encourage you to pursue it? I would say that being an only child, I used art as just something to keep myself like entertained. Um, there's just a lot of time where I, she might have been at work and I just had the day to myself. Um, so it was mainly just something I would do, like doodling, if we'd go out, go to church, go to any sort of event where I might not have anyone to talk to, it would just be, you know, a cheap form of escapism. Um, 
so it was something I've I've been doing for as long as I can remember. And no, that's, that's like it can sometimes be a common thing to say, but truly, it was a thing that I I just did be, not for for it to show to anyone, but just to play around and to create stories. And I look back on it now, I. I still get the chance. My mom collected a lot of um, my drawings from the past. And I mean, I can see drawings I started making since kindergarten. Um, I'm fortunate enough to like look at those things and see where I was, but um, I could definitely see that I enjoyed creating stories to to have fun and to um, build a world at home for myself. What are some of the themes that your art discusses? I make paintings. Uh, mixed media painting. So what that means is I use drawing. For me, I use drawing materials, painting materials, and put them together. As far as like what I try to do with that, that work, it is somewhat an in-between or hybrid between um, realistic drawing and an abstraction. My concepts are talking about empowering oppressed peoples to talk about those who are resisting breaking free from like master narratives, narratives of oppression. I choose to like measure, measure those things by being very critical and like rattling ideals and, and legacies of this country and putting black people in, in positions of power, but like not in, in positions that are not realistic putting them in positions where they are making a choice with, with white presence involved in the, in the image, but them being in a position where they are finding some way to be seen, whether they are put to the, to the edges of, of the drawing or the painting, but you can see that they are really making a, an effort to take up that space in, in any way they can, what means they can, whether it's through their words, if I'm drawing their, their, most mainly their face and they really have no body or they do have a body that is standing in areas that are covered in black. Like when I think of abstraction, I, I think of them as, as um, spaces for black people to occupy. Like I have these black areas that black people are kind of owning for themselves. And then there are these smaller kind of white zones that I have found somewhere to some place to put in into my work, like compositionally. And because of these geometric shapes that I do form, there are these hard edge boundaries that I feel like black people, when I'm putting them in these pieces, they can navigate in and out of those spaces. But the, white individuals that I show in them cannot, and they can, st they only can stay in these, these sort of locations that I have placed them in. The spaces are abstract, but to me, I see them more, more than that. I, I see them as actual locations that are very much real as far as a headspace. And as far as like there, if there are these clear divides, these clear divisions, much like um, redlining, in, in Baltimore, where you can literally just find the streets and the intersections. I like to think of the abstractions as these intersections of black and white zones that are black, that are matte black and, and sometimes like satin white. Without any furniture or anything like that, that is something that is something that can be bought, purchased, you know, um, that 
both sides could have, but there is this sort of pride in one's own skin that I'm trying to depict, whether it's like a skin you want to be in, um, a skin that you're born into, having these black spaces, I, I really want it to dominate the, the surface. When did you decide to start covering that theme? I feel like as a young artist, you don't even have that kind of language to describe your art the way that you just described it. Yeah, I would say like I didn't think of this stuff until I graduated from college. <laughs> um, pretty much kindergarten through through college, there was really I was in predominantly white spaces. Um, and talking about, of course, like we know, Black history is not really considered American history just yet, or as far as our education is concerned, that we a lot of us um, go through. So a lot of it had to do with me seeing things happening in my community, graduating from college at the same time in the same city as Freddie Gray's death and knowing that the stuff that I was making was not relevant to me anymore. Um, but I wanted to know like how I could communicate things. Um, the work that I make now is not intended to show black trauma, um, which I feel like sometimes people think it is, or at least my, the works that I did in the beginning when I was trying to figure things out, it, it some say it was really, it can be really intense or depressing or, but I mean, it, it's real to me. Um, and it, it, I feel like it's real to all of us, uh, these, the black community. Um, so, I just figured like when, when I graduated or through before, before uh, I made this shift, I kind of flipped between all sorts of things and like saying, oh, this person's really doing some really cool stuff. They're getting a lot of attention, whether it's on social media or they're getting a lot of feedback and critiques. And it is like a very like academic sort of debate, you know, between like, uh, different art students who are trying to figure out like what it is the thing that is getting the most attention from either your peers or your professor. So when you get out of that institution, predominantly white institution, you really start to like assess and think like, what do I want and who do I want to reach? So graduating, I found jobs that were in a low income neighborhoods where I might, where I was around more black people than I was used to when it came to like being in school or um, being in art spaces. So talking about the things that I talked about in, in college, there was like a disconnect and I couldn't reach people the same way. And that bothered me. So I knew I had to figure out something else. And at the same time, like apply what I've learned, but the narrative just had to be different. I want to talk about selling and presenting your art. Uh, I've been to a few shows where I've seen you and I've seen your art. Um, and if you, you know, have been successful in selling some of your art, congratulations. I feel like for people on the outside looking in, the road to making money and profitability and art just kind of looks the same. Just paint some stuff, sell it, and go from there. But I'm guessing it's not. Do you work with a studio? Or so the, the question is... But... Go ahead. So I, what I would... So... What you're asking is like, in what ways do our artists making money from their art, how they're doing it? 
No, I'm talking about for you specifically. Like, how Me do you specifically? How am I doing it? Yeah, how do you present? And like, do you work with representation, or do you just do it all yourself? Uh, right now, I'm doing it all myself. the The idea of representation is is appealing, um, but right now, it's it's me, and mainly what it is is networking, <laughs> and I and it's it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, it's it's a good thing and an unfortunate thing because I have I have um, spent so much time in the studio. But I do know, like, when I do find commissions or job opportunities that involve art, it has to just mainly do with, like, who I met um, and if I made a good impression. So right now, even, I'm working on some commissions for University of Maryland and the School of Social Work. And it was, it was these, uh, one of the workers there saw one of my pieces and she was interested in it, but I do feel like it was me talking about my work and emailing her back saying I really enjoyed our conversation and talking a little bit more about that and keeping track with that, that uh, contact. Right now, it, seems, it just seems like it's talking to people, going back and asking questions and saying, hey, times when I maybe might not have had like a job or I was looking for some sort of art, art opportunity and art, I had to ask people that I knew from the past and just say like, hey, I'm looking for something. Is there any, anything you can, anything you can do or any way you can help me? And because they know who, know who I am, know how I communicate, how I talk to them, I feel like my art definitely helps, but it's definitely about the impression I gave them. I know people who are really, really good at communicating. As far as crafts, it might not be the the best thing I might have ever I might have seen in my life, but they're really good at keeping those connections and networking and just building a, a relationship with a person. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's been good for me now. Just figure out how to like get better at communicating. I'm really good at in-person conversations. Definitely when I have like a a contact in mind and I, I know who I want to talk to and I might have someone that I can, that, that can help me like, uh, I, that can help introduce me to someone else. Um, cold networking is still always a challenge, but it's, it's necessary to come up to someone that you, you're interested in knowing about. Um, but yeah, it's about the the conversations. And the art is important, but it's definitely the conversations. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's like uh, the, the hard skill, the art, you know, not everybody can do that. But at the same time, not everybody can schmooze and network the way that they need to to get what they need. Right. I want to talk about something a little bit different, but still in the realm of uh, artistic expression. Uh, you're also very skilled at dancing (laughs) when did you start dancing and uh, would you say that that's your truest form of expression or is it still painting i would say it's still painting that's what i spend most of my time doing Um, i'm in school to be a a teacher in the arts um getting a master's in in teaching i am 
in my studio most days now. Um, I see dance as, as just a, a way to just let loose because the content that I, I depict in my art can be really heavy and it's very real. Um, but the, the music that I'm dancing to is about, it is about fantasy and escapism. Um, so it's, it's pretty much just a fun hobby that I can do by myself in my own space. No one has to see it. <laughs> I recently started showing myself dancing like on Instagram or something because I like, I like to get a laugh every once in a while. So I think I'm a pretty goofy dancer sometimes. So it's fun. And I, and I, I think if I had to define what my other niche is beyond visual art, it would be, yeah, like on a broader, uh, a broader term would be just performance in general. Um, I do like performing in front of groups. I really do like posting my, me dancing on, on Instagram um, because I can get some people to look at me doing it. And I do enjoy acting. And I used to do that more in the past where I did community theater, but it, it really wasn't paying too well. And I needed some, I needed income. Um, and it, there's so many hours in it required of me, but I still do it on occasion. I work at Johns Hopkins where I'm a standardized patient. And as a standardized patient, we are trained individuals that are given case studies and we work with medical students to like work on their interpersonal skills. So that we'll have this like really fully like flushed out individual that we play that we are, we are playing as, and then, yeah, the medical students has to fill out, figure out how to deliver difficult news to us. So that is something that is in a smaller context. It might be a few students in the room, but it's like an opportunity for me to be someone else, to not think about the, the content that's very much my reality, but to be someone else that really doesn't maybe have a race, but has a, a human need. And I'm figuring out how to like help. I'm figuring out how to help medical students have a better bedside manner and to just be better communicators. That's wanna, what I've been doing. I want to bring it back to visual arts. When we first met, you had talked about uh, some murals you were doing around the city. I think one was at Morrow Park. Uh, can you talk about that mural and any other ones you've done? For the past three years, I've been doing a mural a summer, one mural each summer, and two of those murals are, yes, in Morrow Park at a at a school called Morrow Park Elementary Middle. I I worked in that community for three years as an after-school teacher, so we were able to get the funding to make murals at that school. So one mural is in that one of the uh, outside walls of the, the school, and one's in the school cafeteria. And they all have they both have different messages, but I I do believe they're connected because students were involved in making it. I worked with students to make these two pieces. Um, one is about the bullying circle, um, anti-bullying. So thinking about the different players involved in, and it's outside of just the bully and the victim. There are other people that are either further traumatizing the victim or supporting the bully. So I, me and 
my students and I designed something to like put in the cafeteria in the center of the school so it can be seen each day. And on the outside, there is a piece about um, career readiness, which career readiness can sometimes be like a difficult conversation to have with a middle school student. Um, but we figured out how to make like a really beautiful mural that shows them in it in like positions of power where they are like in these tableaus of these these positions really showing that they are ready for anything and there are so there are people in it there are clouds and in the clouds there are words and phrases of like different careers you can pursue and being mindful of the community that we're in we thought of all the different types of paths you could take, whether it is a college track or a trade school or you name it, just figuring out how to make sure that everyone in the community can see themselves in the mural based on like what they did to feel as though they have like accomplished what they want to, what they want to contribute to like their community or as an adult. Those are really cool projects that we did. And one that I'm working on right now, at least in the planning stages for, is um, for Jubilee Arts, and it's a, it's a, an after-school program in West Baltimore. And we are trying to figure out how to, in this program with um, that I'm in, we're trying to figure out how to teach students remotely. This Art at Work program, that's the name of it, is is um, it usually is where we we partner with Baltimore Youth Works that hires high, high school students, predominantly high school students like in the city area to work with the lead muralists and do murals in their community. But since it's COVID, um, we're trying to figure out how to, to make pieces of a mural in our own respective locations and figure out how to connect it and install it later. Really interesting challenge. Um, but it's really great that we're still trying to find opportunities to pay students and give them job opportunities and make sure that ball is still going. Other meals I've done have been with other artists, whether I'm assisting, um, yes, yeah, supporting. I think my most significant mural that, that like maybe they got the most attention Significant as far as for me would be the murals I did at that school, but as far as like public attention would be a Nike mural done in Park Heights where I worked with a group of artists um, on the side of a building. It's a huge like three three story building talking about like the history of Nikes and the Air Force Ones. So we had uh, a lot of funding for that. So it was really cool to make this really cool comic book strip on the side of a, a building about that history in the 80s yeah that does sound pretty cool um we're gonna start wrapping up here and you mentioned it in the last uh, question or the answer to the last question about the murals that you worked on you're working on another one right now but what else is coming up next for you so right now finishing up commissions doing that art at work program with with high school students through zoom <laughs> mainly mainly high school through zoom um i still have some some work at hopkins with their standardized patient program um in the studio most days because 
<laughs> yeah, it's great that I have like a studio space in my apartment. So all I have to do is just walk a few paces to get in there and just continue creating. Um, some of the work that I'm making is right now is about the the 19th Amendment. So a lot of pieces are focusing on um, women's voting rights. So that's been very interesting in trying to connect it mainly to Baltimore activists um, that have contributed to the 19th Amendment being enacted or those that were not really included in American history for their, their hard work, predominantly black women and their efforts. So that's what I'm thinking of right now. And work's looking pretty good. So hopefully um, I'll have it on my website or on Instagram sometime soon. By the time people probably hear this, they'll see some more information about that. So that's what I'm up to. Awesome. Last question. Where can people go more to learn more about your art and, if possible, purchase some art? They can go to my Instagram page, which is McKinley underscore three eyes, all lowercase. And they can go to my website. So it's McKinleyWallace3Eyes.com. Um, if you, you can also Google it, just type in McKinley Wallace portfolio should come up. And on one of the pages, you can contact me, DM me on Instagram, or you can also go to my website and email me for inquiries. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, sitting down with me, McKinley. Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't already gone over? Oh, I think that's it. Awesome. Man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. You have a good rest of the day. See you later.